pluck a hair from my head. Add a dash of pox and a dead man's toe. Dead man's toe! Dead man's toe! Green newt saliva. Add a bit of thine own tongue. <laughs> it's fun fiction! Welcome to Fun Fiction. I'm the virgin that lit a candle, Scotty Moore. I put a spell on you, and now you're mine. I'm Megan Danger. Megan, <laughs> I need you to know I thought about you this week because I was going to say I put a skin spell on you. I'm Scotty Moore. And then I went, I need to give Megan something. So I just said, I will call myself a virgin. It's okay. Look, I was either, I had two. I had two because I'm like, I know Scotty's going to say one or the other, because my, my one was going to be, if you took that one, I was going to be, and I'm the virgin who lit the black flame candle. I've got it down to a science now at this point. You've got to think of two, because you know I will think of the other one, yes. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're talking Hocus Pocus this week, of, because it's Halloween, a film that I had never seen before. Which, ah, uh, which thrilled and delighted me because I grew up with this movie. I literally owned this movie on VHS since I was but a wee babe. And you are literally the first person I met in my adult life who had never seen this movie. And it's bizarre because of how much I go to Disney World. So, like, I was familiar with the sisters from, like, going to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party and shit like that. But then just never thought to watch the film. I never thought, yeah, let's check it out. <laughs> let's see what these Sanderson sisters are all about. And I, I, will, I will repeat for our audience what I told you earlier, which is this is an objectively bad movie. But subjectively, this film fucking rips. It's so good. And that's why I was so excited for this episode, because I have never been forced to confront this movie without the beautiful, warm lens of nostalgia. Like, somewhere back in the harsh, uh, rational, like, section of my brain, I must know that this movie is not good, but, like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never have to acknowledge that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, no, as far as I'm concerned, this movie is perfect. I know it's batshit insane, but it's perfect. So I, I got to experience you uh, live texting me this and getting to get this wonderful first-hand account of a grown, a grown human person <laughs> experiencing Hocus Pocus cold for the first time and it was great <laughs> i was so nervous in the beginning because like that the opening when it's in 1693 really drags for a bit there and i was like i thought they were supposed to be funny and have cool personality and then like as the film goes on you realize oh they are great 
but they do have to cast spells to make them young again. Because I was waiting for what I had seen, which is the younger version, and I was just like, who the fuck are these women? <laughs> oh, they have to cast a magical spell. Okay, I see, I see, I see. <laughs> who are these hags? <laughs> And I honestly, I told you this, but I feel like we just need to go through the plot completely, if you'd like. Yeah, uh, I know this is technically my pick, but I feel like since this was your first time, since since you are the uh, proverbial hocus-pocus virgin lighting the black flame candle. <laughs> candle. <laughs> Would you, I mean, if you want, you could tell the plot while I just basically say... Oh, I cried when the Disney castle lit up, which is a thing that happens every fucking time that blue screen pops up and the castle shines. I'm always like, I wish I was there. I wish I was there. (laughs) Okay, I mean, I'm just basically going to go off of the the Wikipedia then. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on October 31st in 1693, we do open in Salem, Massachusetts, where a young a young lad named Thackeray Binks, which is a fucking he's bullshit so name. He's, he's so fucking sweaty during this whole scene, by the way. He, is, he looks like he's getting rained on. He is a very sweaty boy. Um, he goes to rescue his sister Emily from three witches, uh, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and uh, Kathy Najimy. This is actually my first. Uh, Ka- this is my first Najimy exposure, I think, and she actually rips. I love Kathy Najimy now. Oh, she's she's fantastic. Uh, the only other thing that I know her from are the sister act movies. I think off the top of my head. Oh yeah, I bet she was in those. Um, also. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say it now, and we're just never going to address it again, but Sarah Jessica Parker's character in this film is a very specific fetish for me, and I'm just, that's all. <laughs> oh, no, we're gonna, we're gonna address it again. What did I, what did I say that she looked like? Uh, a goth who was forced to live under a bridge? And I was like, yeah, that's my thing. That's my <laughs> shit. Halloween is a time of self-discovery. It's okay. <laughs> this is a safe space. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, so Thackeray, who is, who grew, who grows up to be the nerdy guy on NCIS, which was not a show I ever enjoyed, but, uh... It's a show that existed. It's a show that existed, and a show that a bunch of my friends in college really liked, so I did have to watch it a lot, which is another thing that we will also be revisiting later on in this episode. And so, yeah, he grew up to be that. He has no lines in this uh, movie because he was dubbed over. Which is hilarious. It is hilarious. He goes to, to save his sister and he, he doesn't. It doesn't work. Uh, she dies real hard and he gets turned into an immortal black cat, which honestly is an improvement because he gets much less sweaty. <laughs> yes. And I do love later there is a line where where uh, the Sanderson sisters show up and they're like, you're still alive. I'm like, motherfucker, you cast the spell to make the cat immortal. Why would you wonder if he was still alive? Look, the witches, <laughs> they're real dumb and distractible. Those witches. Honestly, I this is this film is kind of like Beetlejuice, where the fucking villains are the people that people care about. 
Like, I guess Beetlejuice has slightly more likable characters, but god, this one... I just wanted more sisters in it, to be honest with you. Yeah, because, like, the best parts are where they're just kind of wandering around, like, doing dumb stuff. But, so, to that end, the witches get captured, and then they get hanged. But before they do, Bette Midler's like, we're gonna be back, bitches. But, um, especially if it's a full moon, and it's Halloween, and if a virgin specifically lights the black flame candle because reasons because joke because we want to make a joke through the whole fucking film about our main character yes because in this disney movie we really want to make a joke that this this child doesn't fuck yes also in this disney film we're gonna begin it with a live hanging dead children and live hanging live nude yes. hangings no they're not nude but they are, they are hanged. And uh, 300 years later, Halloween, 1993, uh, we meet our heroes. There, there's Max Dennison, and he moves with his family from L.A. to Salem. And it sucks because it's Massachusetts. It's not L.A. And he wears a tie-dye shirt, and he plays the drums, and he hates his little sister, Danny, who's baby Thora Birch. Yes. And is the only one out of these kids, uh, of which there are several running around, who would go on to have a film career. Oh, this is this is just where it gets buck wild for me. Because, like, the first thing we see is the teacher telling them the story of the witches. And then they're like, well, Max, what do you have to say about that? And Max is like, I don't believe in Halloween. It was made by candy companies. I'm from California. And pretending like this is school also. Yeah, Max is like, what, like 15 or, or something, I guess? Yeah. And and the the teacher's like dressed like a witch and it's like, this is school, I guess. <laughs> this is school in Salem. And then uh, his crush, I assume, Allison, gives just verbatim the history of fucking All Hallows' Eve and the fucking class applauds the class is like she did it fuck yes also allison's like 20 (laughs) wow well she's got good yabos they needed those for the film she does got good yab well i'm just saying well i don't know how old she really i'm just saying looking at her like she's clearly like 20 or something she's just obviously much older she does she as as danny uh is max's younger sister danny uh, thora birch points out Allison do got good yabos, though. <laughs> she got them yabos. <laughs> the year of our Lord, 1993. Initially, Max looks like a young Sam Winchester, so I was real into it. And then he was just the fucking worst, especially after, yo, you proved me wrong about Halloween. Here's my phone number. Call me later. It's so <laughs> 90s. <laughs> And he has to take it. He's very angry that he has to take Danny trick-or-treating. You did skip Mr. Cool Ice and Jay, my two favorite (laughs) fucking characters in this film. Because they are just the epitome of 90s bullies. They are so choice. They're just like, give me your fucking shoes. We're probably not the same shoe size. I'll make it work. (laughs) Fuck you. I'm cool, Mr. Cool Ice. No, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to slow, because, like, there's so much buckwild shit happens in a row, because that happens, then he goes into his bedroom after being angry, then cuddles his pillow while whispering into its ear, calling it Allison, because what the fuck is this 
film. <laughs> and then his kid sister lays next to him and is like, Ooh, I'm Allison. Kiss me. I'm like, that is still your brother. You don't play that with him. Yeah, they really do front load a lot of weird shit. And then when they start arguing, Max is like, you know what this needs? It just starts fucking going ham on the drums. He does. He angrily plays the drums at her. But she's also like eight. So, you know. It's <laughs> so choice. Yeah, so they go trick-or-treating, and he's just a dick the whole time. And they go to Allison's house, and oh my god, so I joke to you, because you're like, what the fuck's going on at her house? And I'm like, yeah, that's right, I forgot that her parents are just having like an eyes-wide-shut party for some reason. Right? I went on Twitter, like, an hour ago, and some, like, checkmarked, like, Twitter funny man made the exact same joke independently, and I was like, well, fuck. No, I can't make the joke, fuck. Yeah. Well, shit. Now I can't go on Twitter and be a funny man. <laughs> that, that was so buck wild because it's just like, oh, I wonder if this house has candy. Which you know how a normal person trick-or-treats. <laughs> Open the unlocked door and just walk into the home? That would normal people trick-or-treat? It was fucking insane. 1993. A different time. Yeah. I'm just shocked that Allison wasn't like, hey, what the fuck? You broke into my house, you sociopath. Nah, what are they, you doing? They're having it's it's an eyes wide shut party. You come in, you put on a mask and a powdered wig, you know, you do your thing, you fuck. If if they had stayed at that party, the whole plot of this film wouldn't happen. Yeah, because presumably Max would not have been a virgin by the end of it. I like this whole Danny. I, this whole time, by the way, Danny is walking in this fiction we're creating. Danny is walking around the coat room and stealing people's money because that's just the kind of character I've developed for her in my head is the baddest bitch on the planet. I mean, she is, though. She's the baddest little fucking eight-year-old. Uh, but they, they, they don't. And instead... Good yabos want to go to a haunted place. Yes. Instead, yeah. The nice tits. Let's go to the Sanderson's haunted house because I want to impress you. And uh, they do. And then they, Max is like, hey, witches ain't shit. I'm going to light the black flame candle. And then the witches come to life because Max doesn't fuck. If I may, <laughs> this is just some hocus pocus, y'all. <laughs> he said it! He said the name of the movie! <laughs> he sure did. And now the witches are alive. And they steal the they steal Bette Midler's spell book and the witches are chasing them around. And then uh, Bette Midler raises... Her, her old lover, Billy Butcherson, who's a zombie with his mouth stitched shut and is also Doug Jones. Because you know, if he's a fucked up looking dude who can't talk. It's Doug Jones. It's Doug Jones. <laughs> it, he do, who do look like a zombie Alice Cooper, though. He do look like zombie <laughs> Alice Cooper. Also, I love that I, I, I love that I know enough about like filmmaking at this point to know that the black flame candle is literally just chroma key color of the center of the candle and get reduce it to black okay it's a black flame candle now fuck you look they they only had so much money leave them alone 
I believe that was your main talking point during the whole thing, was me being like, huh, it's funny that they couldn't, no, no, don't, don't, it's just, shut up, shut up. It's a plot point. (laughs) It's plot, leave them alone. Uh, Speaking of plot points, while they were at the witch's coven or whatever, a motherfucking cat just stone cold fucked up Max, and it made me really happy. And the cat follows it it's obviously uh what the fuck was his actual human god christian name it's binks it's thackeray binks okay i was th- i was trying to remember his first dumb name not his second dumb name <laughs> um, god granted him two real dumb names <laughs> <laughs> and and the and the voice of max goof <laughs> i was literally halfway through writing a different note And so I'm going to read you verbatim what it says when I learned that this cat can talk. Damn it, man. Max sucks even with fuck the cat can talk. The cat can talk. Oh, my God. Amazing. It fucking broke me. It destroyed me the moment it happened. I'm like, the cat can talk. Oh, it's beautiful. So that happens. Cat can talk. Cat can talk. Uh, the witches fuck around a bunch more. They uh, they go to the house of a guy dressed up as Satan who's chilling with his wife who's just like, why are these witches in my fucking house? And they think that the guy's actually the devil and they're just super psyched to see him. And I think it's it's director Gary Marshall and like his sister or something. He fucking rules. The yeah, old devil yeah. rules. Uh, there's also, they get on a bus with a bus driver and Sarah Jessica Parker sits in the bus driver's lap and oh, I yeah. was immediately like, I'm real jealous of this. <laughs> He's very horny. They run over the cat. It's very uh, traumatic. Th- oh, there, there's a very good line. This is my favorite threat of all time and it's, I'll have your guts for garters. It's a very good threat. It's very good. Yeah, that's like an old timey, that's like a pirate thing. That's like a pirate threat. Um, also, this is when I realized that they couldn't afford the cat CGI, so they just, like, would film the three main characters and just didn't worry about the ground where the cat was at, and would just ADR Max Goof over the top of it. But They didn't have money, leave them alone. <laughs> and then they run over the cat, and the cat re-inflates like Dig Dug, and it sucked. Bad. It's really bad. I remember... Uh, finding that so fucking upsetting as a child. Really hated that. <laughs> Here's another one you're a little litmus test. Huh, is it upsetting for adults too? Yeah, it is. It's real <laughs> fucked up. Also, a cab, a cop fucks them up. So, a cab, motherfucker, I don't care if it's not a real cop. It's a- not. It's a dude dressed as a cop for Halloween who just decides to be a dickhead for no reason. They, the kids run to him, like, thinking it's a real cop who will help them out, and he just lies and pretends to be a real cop and then this girl comes over to him or his girlfriend comes over and is like like hey why are you what, what were you doing and he was like i was being a dick to kids <laughs> <laughs> oh no no i love the plot point because he's like fucking come here like he goes full cop come here you a virgin yes that's not the point get the fuck out of here i was being a dick to kids half cab all fake cops are bastards it's so fucked up uh and then they go to the party that their parents are at and they're like mom dad like fucking witches are 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 after us their mom's dressed as madonna 
with like the big pointy tits. Yeah, I did have that in my notes as well. Like, <laughs> hey, Megan, who was uh, who was playing at this place? Who was playing at this party? Oh, fuck's sake. Megan, who's playing at the party? <laughs> Megan. Megan, who's playing at the party? <laughs> it's a fun jazz band, but they're all dressed as skeletons. What's their name? What was the name of the band? Do, do, you, do you want me to, to rob you of this? It's post-mortem jukebox, baby! <laughs> and, uh... And, the, the, the wait, Megan, are we... Is the Skype call breaking up? Post-mortem <laughs> jukebox, baby! <laughs> sorry, sorry, just wanted to make sure you could hear it. Post, post-mortem jukebox. Yeah, yep, well, the connection's real good. <laughs> Cri- crystal clear. Like Scott, like Scott Bradley and the Scott in the... Fuck, I fucked up the name of the original bit. Postmortem jukebox. <laughs> Anyways, musical number time. Bet Bet Miller comes to the witches. What the fuck was that? Holy shit. It was Binks. Binks coming to fuck you up because you didn't laugh at postmortem jukebox. It is actually my my little black cat, my little Thackeray Binks is curled up in a ball over there. Because he's a good boy. I'd shit my pants if he just started talking like Jason Marsden. Like, what the fuck? Jesus. (laughs) Lose my fucking mind. Actually, the voice we give him is is much squeakier and actually cusses a lot more. He's just like, fuck you, I'm pravy. Motherfuckers. (laughs) Baddest motherfucker on the planet. Uh, But yeah, so the witches show up because you have Bettler at Midler in your movie. You have to have a fucking musical number. She sings, I put a spell on you. It's very good. It's it, it, like between this and like the mask, like the early 90s, if you didn't have a good ass musical number in your film, it's not fucking worth it. Essentially. And so she like curses all of them to just keep dancing for forever. And then at some point they chase them onto the school. Max does a dumb thing with the PA system, which I forgot about till you reminded me. Oh, it sucked. <laughs> In fact, hold on, let me uh, because I did have a few notes. Like the, the there's a they hide outside of a restaurant, and it was real fucked up to me that the owner of the restaurant names the lobsters before he kills them and feeds them to customers. And then also, um, I did not remember that. <laughs> yeah, he's like. Which one of you's getting the hot tub? Come on, Lionel, or whatever. And I'm like, fuck, you don't name it. You don't name the lobster before you murder it. And then, uh, this is, this is one of Scotty's patented, I really shouldn't be thinking this hard about this moment. But at one point, Mary is, like, talking about a recipe, and she's like, oh, just put a little margarine on it. It's great. And I just went, how the fuck does she know what margarine is? Marjorie went around past then. Fuck you, film. You don't know me. You don't know my life. Marjorie. Yeah, that's where you're. That's where you're gonna draw the line. You're gonna draw it at margarine. Marjorie and a cat ADR. That's where I draw the line. Uh, but no, now I've caught up to where you're at, and uh, because I wrote the specific note, Max fucking sucks. Which I believe I've written five different times throughout this plot description. <laughs> it's because he does. He sucks a whole, whole lot. Yeah. In the grand tradition of Disney teenage boys in the early to mid-90s. Sucking. 
and having, oh god, my exact haircut. Yeah. Oh no, I've got it. I've got the Denison do. You, no, you kind of no. do. Well, I'm gonna have to go cut all this off. I'll be right back. Uh, but they they throw the witches into a fucking kiln, and they don't get out of the kiln. They do. They do put them in a kiln. They do light them on fire. You can hear a a um lay motif. I'm not sure if that's the right word. It might be of the uh, Wicked Witch of the West theme in the background. That's cool. I like that. <laughs> Uh, they burnt. <laughs> yeah, that was choice. And then I looked down on Disney Plus, and I realized, oh, there's 30 minutes left in this movie. Those motherfuckers are not dead. They are definitely not dead. Unless something real buck wild happens, they're coming back. Yeah, but it is funny that they would let you think for a minute that they did burn three women alive. Oh, and then they dance in front of the fountain from uh the opening to Friends. After being like, we burned witches alive! We burned witches alive! Yay! No one told you life was gonna be this way. <laughs> we are definitely not in sync tonight. Okay. It's it's fine. It'll be great. Do you get a little bit of an existential crisis in the next scene as well when Binks is laying down with Danny and Danny's petting Binks and she's like... I'm going to take care of you for the rest of my life. And then my kids. And then their kids. And then their kids. I was just like, holy fuck, this is grim. This is real grim describing this poor cat's life. Uh, a little, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that's also where we learn about uh, salt circles for some. Why did they learn about salt circles? I don't... You're asking me. You watched it today. I haven't watched it in... Well, I probably watched it. I watched it last Halloween, so I haven't watched it in like a year. <laughs> well, at this point, the witches are dead, so I'm like, I don't fucking care anymore. I've got to sit here with Max and Existential Crisis Cat. I don't like this. I, they're try, They're trying to fix Binks, is what it is. So they open the book, and that sends a signal to the witches, who are back at this point... Hey, yes. here it, where it, book it is. A, she goes, book! <laughs> book! Oh, and they book. also kidnap uh, Jay and Silent Bob, and that made me very happy. Yes, they, they put them in little cages, which is mm-hmm. great. See, that was a shocking thing to me, and I told you about this, is how much, like, actual Halloween lore is in this film. Like, because when the witches first get to Salem, they're like, I smell children, but I don't see them. Because all the kids are in Halloween costumes, and that's the whole vibe with- that's why you wear costumes on Halloween, is so, like, demons don't get you and shit. Yep. The movie fucking rules. I'm telling- like, it's good, like, there's just so many buckwild things that happen in this film, Megan, you don't understand. It's just- is, it is, it's deranged, it's absolutely deranged. But yeah, between that and salt circles, uh, anyways, witches show up. Sarah Jessica Parker does a jump scare, which is the first point in the film that I didn't want her on screen. Uh, she sings. She sings a song to like. Oh wait, them. hold on. Can, can we discuss two things about when they get the book? And one, it's how Allison scares them off. Because like, <laughs> like they try to pour careful circles of salt later in the film, but she just like fucking yeets it in a circle around her head, and I'm like, that's not a solid circle of salt. You're no, just yeah. forming some weird shit. And then 
they blow up the top half of the house and it's never addressed for the rest of the film. It's just, you don't have a roof anymore, Denison's. Fuck you. That did actually really, I didn't mention it when you were texting me. That did bother the shit out of me when I was a kid. Yeah. That they did just like blow the fuck out of their roof. And it's like, how are you going to fucking explain that? That did actually really used to fucking bother me when we would watch that. And I was a child because I'd be like, what are they going to fucking, like, what are they going to say when their parents get back? But it's okay. Their parents are dancing until they're dead, which was part of the spell casted. Yeah, but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be broken when when the witches die. It's fine. Yeah. So then we go back to the witches' place. I think. Yeah. Or we go because because yeah. the witches do the song. Sarah Jessica Parker sings a song. Yeah. Um, and they lure which the is kids. so hold on that that was bizarre because she usually has this crazy Harley Quinn kind of thing, and then she just like belts for the song, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> I guess that's your vibe. Yeah. I think it was actually her singing. Um, I've never seen anything to the contrary. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they kidnap Binks and Danny, and then they have to go rescue her. And Max drinks a potion and... No, that's way later. That's way later, I think. Oh, fuck. I'm getting the time. I'm getting my... I, I've, I've had to go back to Wikipedia because, like... <laughs> I have my own cauldron of Buckwild plot points, and I'm just reaching in and seeing if it comes next. <laughs> like, no, that doesn't fit there yet. No, what happens next? Is, oh, wait, wait, that's let's... right. They go to they go to Billy. They go to get Billy first, I think. Well, the cat, it, cat, they captured the cat in the bag, and I got very disappointed that they didn't make a cat side of the bag joke. But uh, we talked about it so much, Megan, and I'm surprised you forgot. Daylight savings time! <laughs> Boom! A fake, not even looking like the actual sun. Like, it's clearly a headlight to a car, busts through the window, scares yeah, the witches, they and then they run fake off. daylight savings threats. Yeah, and so now they go to the cemetery. I don't remember why they go to the cemetery. They just kind of end up there, don't they? Well, because isn't the, uh, their house is by the cemetery, right? Okay, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, so then that's when Billy shows up. And would you like to give the fun note you got to tell me about when Billy slices open his stitched up mouth and talks and something happens that's fucking gross. <laughs> so they, they slice open Billy's stitched up mouth and uh, moths that I guess have been living in his mouth for centuries fly out and he talks and he says mean things about Winifred. He just talks shit to Winnie. <laughs> it's so good. And um, during a 20th anniversary screening of the film, Doug Jones revealed that the moths that he had in his mouth at the end of the movie were real and not CGI. <laughs> this fucking... At that point, they spent it all on the cat. They spent too much money on cat CGI. They're like, Doug, you got to take one for the team, buddy. Pop these up in your gob. You got this. Except you know, you know, you know he a freak. You know Doug Jones was like, nah. You know, you know he was like, nah. <laughs> just put, Doug just Jones put him in. Just, just get, just get him in here. I'll put real mods in my. No, Doug, you really don't have to do that. We can just, we can do with it. Nah, just put real. No, I already have him in here already. <laughs> I already did it. I've eaten. I accidentally swallowed five, so we're gonna have to buy some more. I guess I'm Doug. Jones. We didn't ask I, you, I'm, Doug. I'm, nah, I just had him in here for fun anyway. <laughs> 
I, I I know like it's not right to ask for fan art, but I really want fan art of Doug Jones coughing up moths, and then just underneath the caption, you know Doug Jones a freak. You know he a freak. You know he is. You know him. He and Guillermo del Toro got got whatever mutual thing they've got going on together. Yeah. So they took. So now they take Danny. Oh, they want it. They. That's what it was. They put Danny in like a grave and tried to like put salt around her so the witches couldn't get to her. And it doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like what the fuck? The the only point the salt worked in this film is during the fucking the grand yeetening where she yeets it around her. God, I wish people and so, could see. It's really unfortunate that people can't see you doing your little salt dance. <laughs> <laughs> do your little I dream a genie fucking dance right now. <laughs> um, so at that point, fucking Doug Jones's head gets kicked off, but it don't matter because he's a freak. She fucking punts it. Uh, then they kidnap Danny because it doesn't matter. They try to suck out her soul with the one vial of potion left. Oh, by the way, the whole thing about them kidnapping a bunch of children, that doesn't matter at this point. Um, it doesn't. It's meaningless. Binks, Binks yeets himself towards Winnie. Potion falls out of her hands, at which point I went, oh, cool. It will shatter upon the earth below. Nope. And now they'll be forced to die. Nope. No, fucking Max. <laughs> you dipshit. <laughs> Max just crabs it, and then Winnie's like, I'll kill her if you don't give it back, and he's like, I'll drink it, and then he just drinks it, because what the fuck? Like, I understand it's supposed to be the sacrifice of, like, you've got to take me instead, but no, fuck you, Max, like, there's a whole deal here. <laughs> you dumb virgin. <laughs> you dumb fucking virgin? And so then, they start draining Max's life force, and then here comes the sun. Da 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 da. <laughs> but for and real. One of them turns into a statue. I don't know why. So apparently, because she was the one who was standing on hallowed ground. Okay. Because I looked it up after you said that. Okay, she turns into stone, then gets disintegrated. Like, okay, so they. Okay, okay, now I get it. Because I was so confused. Because at one point they're like, oh no, it's hallowed ground. And I'm like, what the fuck? Because I didn't realize they were on broomsticks the whole time. For some reason, I thought maybe they fucking hoofed it <laughs> for a while. Nah, yeah, so that was why the other two just exploded and she turned to stone and then exploded. Also, it is the exact same animation of when the Death Star explodes and it's fucking <laughs> great. That this fucking that Sarah Jessica Parker is like, boom. What is a witch if not a fleshy Death Star? <laughs> Um, so now Billy, uh, Billy's just like, fucking see ya, and then goes back to his grave. Yeah, he's, he's just like, fuck this, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and then the cat dies, because fuck it. Well, cause the curses are all broken now, so the, his curse of immortality is over. So he also gets to go to bed forever. Yeah, but like, <laughs> you could have done something like, Binks walk forward and then turn into a spectral human Binks instead of dead cat corpse and ghost. Because <laughs> the film was like, here's your corpse, now watch this fun, nice scene. 
And then he turns into sweaty ghost Binks. Sweaty ghost man. Emily's there. And Emily's like, where the fuck have you been? And he's still dubbed by by Max Goof because God forbid this this other actor get lines. Yeah, I thought it was like one actor and then that actor turned into the cat and the cat was voiced by Jason Marsden. No, it's just all Marsden all the time. Well, because it's got to be consistent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so then the film ends with a bunch of bullshit, and then Winnie's spellbook opens its eyes because the book is still alive, I guess. You gotta say, what's the final line in the movie? Uh, the Okay, well, hold on. Because it's technically there are other lines during, like, the weird credit scene. Oh, yeah, that's true. The bullies in but the cages, the I guess, have film the... Of the... The actual end of the official film is the line... I had to wait 300 years for a virgin to light a candle. <laughs> Fuck, it's so good. Just the, one last dunk. One last dunk on Denison before I went to my hallowed ground of heaven. You fucking virgin. So. And, and, the, bully, and the bullies are still in their cages. No one oh, let yeah. the bullies out of their cages. Oh, yeah, because he fucking steals his shoes back, but it's like, you two can fuck off and die. Bye. Happy Halloween, Bye. shitheads. Bye. <laughs> okay, was there like a sequel that they were going... Oh, no. Leonardo DiCaprio was originally going to be Max. Titanic wouldn't have happened if he took Max, I think. Well, yeah, he decided instead to do What's Eating Gilbert Grape, so uh, that was a yeah, forever changing that career trajectory. Yeah, and it has been re-released in theaters. But no. Oh, wait, what the hell? In October 2019, a sequel was announced in development as a Disney Plus exclusive. Yes! Directed by Adam Sharkman. Shankman, I'm sorry. <laughs> One slightly more exciting of a last name than the other. Yes. Um, okay. How'd you fit? What did you do? How'd you make it? Because, like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm coming with a half fic. We're going to have to work together to get the other half of my fic out. Okay. Cool. Good. For once, I don't feel like uh, as much of a, a loser as I usually do. Because I feel like in, in my, my short but memorable tenure as your as your co-host here, <laughs> uh, that we've established the, the cadence that you come in with like a, a good solid story and I kind of show up and I just I just sort of fuck around you come in with a fun like concept that we could chat about <laughs> meanwhile on my end I read a mini novel so here's here's what I've got okay um so here's here's my bit of backstory I've got two pieces of necessary backstory before I get to here's my concept so Sarah Jessica Parker I know her from two things. One, this. The other, sex in the city. Oh, no. No, Megan. <laughs> Megan, no. You, you can't fucking stop me. <laughs> <laughs> I am a monster and I cannot be stopped. What I know of sex in the city is, much like NCIS, what I know of it has mostly been against my will. So, in undergrad, I lived, my roommate and I stayed together for, like, two, two and a half years, because she was gone for half a semester for study abroad. But anyway, um, she went through, like, a lot of phases where she would get, like, entire 
series of shows from the library and just run them on the TV, like in the background for days at a time. And so they would just be the background noise of life. That was how I watched, like, how I sort of absorbed through osmosis the entirety of the X-Files. Oh, shit. While still knowing barely anything about the X-Files. Much the same uh, as Sex in the City. So I don't really know anything about Sex in the City, but I also know a lot about Sex in the City. It's very confusing. Yeah. Like, cumulatively, I've only seen, like seven or eight episodes but i've like absorbed a disturbing amount i'm falling down my own personal rabbit hole which is did sarah jessica parker get plastic surgery because like during this whole film i'm like that's not sarah jessica parker it does not look like her i don't know i couldn't tell you i mean but also that movie is 26, 27 years old at this point. And what, her so, face I mean, just grew just longer? The passage of time? The the ravages of the earth? I don't fucking just, know. <laughs> just made that face so much longer. Fuck if I know. Now, here's part two. This is an actual piece of trivia. Sarah Jessica Parker plays a witch who was executed during the Salem Witch Trials. While researching her family history for the show, Who Do You Think You Are?, Parker was shocked to discover that her 10th great-grandmother, Esther Elwell, was arrested in Salem, Massachusetts in the late 1600s for committing, quote, sundry acts of witchcraft and choking a neighbor to death. Hell yeah. (laughs) Esther's case never went to court. She escaped with her life, and the accusation ended the Salem witch trials. Parker said, quote, it has changed everything about who I thought I was. This is like when I learned that one of my uh, ancient relatives died by really drunkenly beating down a neighbor's door and then just getting shot. It's like, oh, that that explains who I am as a person. Very good. Metal. Um, <laughs> so with these uh, pieces of information, I thought, wouldn't it be great if we did a fanfic where uh, I did a crossover AU where it's an episode of Sex in the City in which Carrie learns that she's a descendant of the Sanderson sisters. She does like a fucking Ancestry.com 23andMe oh, fucking good. thing. And in which Sarah Sanderson or whatever is like her great, 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 great fucking whatever aunt or some shit. I love that. I thought you were about to do Sex in the City meets The Crucible, which would be equally good. (laughs) Shit, that would also be fucking hilarious. But no, I I have this idea that it's like, it's getting to be Halloween. And Carrie uh, is like having whatever fucking problems with like mr big or whatever because if there was one thing that i kind of recollect it's like they were always having some kind of fucking problems i don't know i was afraid you were about to go down a rabbit hole that exposed you as a real big sex in the city fan and it was gonna get real uncomfortable for me who knows nothing about sex in the city no i told you i have this weird liminal space where it's like i just sort of i have approximate knowledge of sex in the city I am aware it happened as a show. (laughs) And so she's like gets with her friends and is like, hey, girls, uh, in order to avoid these problems, um, it'll make for like a great 
column, because that's what I do. I write a column. Let's go to Salem. Let's go to the Sanderson house and learn about my ancestors. And they're like, yeah, like, girls trip. And now here's the rundown on the, the other Sex and the City girls. There's Samantha. That's Kim Cattrall. That's the one who was in, like, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, she was. Hell yeah. Now, she's the one. Here's your shorthand. Samantha's the one who's always horny, who does all of, like, the really sexy stuff. I feel like I knew that one. That's the one everybody kind of knows. Charlotte is the brunette one, who's the one who's, like, a prude and is always very uncomfortable with sexy things. Miranda is the, the redhead, and she's the one who, if this was, like, Teen Girl Squad from uh, Homestar Runner, is the one who <laughs> would be like... What's her face? (laughs) (laughs) She has, from what I can recall, no real discernible qualities. I'm about to take a which sex in the city girl am I quiz. Please do. Yeah, so she's like, we're going to go to Salem and and do this thing. It'll it'll be great. And then one of them would be like, you mean it's a great excuse to not have to talk to Big about how things have gotten so weird between you two. And then Miranda would make a stupid face. And then Samantha would be like, girls trip. And then they would go. And then, of course, they would all be like dressed in sexy versions of the Sanderson sister costumes. And and then Charlotte Brunette would be like, aren't we a little old to be dressing in like slutty costumes? And then Kim Cattrall would be like, never. (laughs) And then they would go to the Sanderson house and... Of course, they would have been told the story and everything. And then one of them would be, like, joking about lighting the black flame candle. And, like, Charlotte would be like, I don't know. And then Samantha would say something like, of course it's safe. None of us are virgins. (laughs) And then Carrie would go to light it. And even though, obviously, she's not a virgin, because she is a direct descendant of the Sanderson sisters, when she lights it, it still brings them all back. So now, Winifred, Mary, and Sarah are returned. Except immediately, they can tell that something fucky is going on because Sarah and Carrie look exactly the fucking same. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so you would immediately have this thing of, like, confusion and they're like oh and witches and magic but um because it's sex in the city somehow it would like start with like we need to go eat children and oh my god which is magic what and transform into shopping and then they would take the witches out and they would give them like makeovers and they would all drink cosmos and it would be great and they would just have like a really fun halloween time but then twist Big, Mr. Big, whatever the fuck. They just call him Big sometimes. I don't know. Because that was like the one thing is um, because she's writing for a column, none of the dudes are ever like referred to by like their real names, just like weird oh, yeah. pseudonyms or whatever. Also, uh, by the way, I am a Carrie. I just oh, took the. Carrie? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Carrie. You see, I would have pegged you for Samantha. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Or maybe like the city, because that's a character in and of itself. <laughs> so uh big big travels to to salem because you know he wants to confront carrie about their relationship problems but due to due to shenanigans and circumstances he actually runs into sarah 
and he thinks that it's Carrie. And he's like, oh, I don't know why you're, you're acting so strange, Carrie. Uh, but you know what? I'm kind of into it. And they fuck. You damn right. Damn yeah. right. And it's, and it's weird. And now, now everything's different. Now they <laughs> got a killer. <laughs> now they got a killer. <laughs> I love this Sex in the City episode where it's not like you cheated on me. It's like I have to murder the person you cheated on me with. <laughs> In cold blood, <laughs> and so and so the uh, the Sex in the City the, the girls the brunch the brunch bunch I don't know what the fuck their names are I don't know the Cosmos drinking gang gotta murder the witches and I'm not a hundred percent sure how they do because that was about as far as I was able to think it out. What if? Uh... <laughs> What if they just die? Like, what if they just die when the sun comes up? Like, that's it. They just party all night. They could. They could just party all night. I had. I had written out. Um, stab them with Louis. With the knife. With, 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 oh no, no. I had stabbed with Louis. But the uh, what do you call it? I don't even know how to pronounce them. The Louis Vuitton. The the shoes. Oh, the, the Louis Vuitton the, uh, stiletto. Yeah. With expensive high heels, question mark? <laughs> it's like in like a superhero movie where you see them trying to pin out what their suit will look like, and it's just multiple options for how to kill the witches as you descend further and further into madness. Okay, okay. fuck, that's good. That's very good. Now mine is inspired by a line that was early, early in the film, and... It is the dumbest line in the film, and it is my favorite one. And it's when uh, after school lets out, Max and Allison kind of confront each other, and Allison delivers the greatest line, which is just like, you just don't believe in Halloween, do you? Which is fucking insane. That's like me, like, you just don't believe in Arbor Day, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe it's real. <laughs> Can you prove it? <laughs> prove it, motherfucker! <laughs> Got 24 hours like any other day. What's so special about this day? Well, there's candy and, uh, and treats and... No, 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 that's not real. That's a conspiracy by the government. So, inspired by that and also inspired by uh, two pieces of media. One, an episode of Teen Titans Go I watched last night. And then the other one will reveal itself as it goes on. But I, I kind of... I just, I, I realized that this was like, you know how Nightmare Before Christmas is kind of like a Halloween movie, but about Christmas? This to yeah. me felt like a Christmas movie about Halloween, because it is all just about this boy learning to believe in the spirit of Halloween. <laughs> Did you make another fucking Christmas story about Halloween? <laughs> Megan, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I forgot what I did last week. Time is a construct. And literally, as I was putting my key in the door to go to the office, I went, Oh, fuck. I did another Christmas one. Shit. You, you know, this means that you are fucking obligated, uh, come December, to do a couple Halloween stories. For Christmas, yeah. <laughs> yup. <laughs> okay, well, and like I said, I only have the beginning of this, but once I flesh out my idea, you're gonna realize pretty quickly where I'm going. 
because we are a same page type of people. I would keep everything in the opening with the exception of the Sanderson sisters shit. I would just have it open cold, a teacher telling some spooky story about, uh, say, like an ancient spirit that used to haunt the streets of Salem, an old ancient witch that comes out on All Hallows' Eve. Uh, and then, of course, man, Halloween was made by the government to fatten children up to put in their pig farms. I'm from California. <laughs> So, keep all that the same. He doesn't believe in Halloween. Uh, his classmates applaud a girl when she gives a very nerdy dissertation on All Hallows' Eve and then gets rejected by her. And I also am changing the layout of everything. So, like, Danny lives in the attic, Max lives underneath her, and then other family, and then Allison lives across the street. That night, Max is like, boot, boots, boot, boot, boots, doing his sad drumming, <laughs> the drumming his, his therapist tells him to do to get out of some motions. And he looks across the street and he sees a big old, it's Halloween Eve, so it's like right before Halloween. I don't know where I was going to go with that. Uh, but he looks across the street and he sees... Uh, Allison's house and a big Halloween party happening all and this is not eyes wide shut this is a school party all the cool kids are there and wait, so wait. He, they're, they're having a Halloween party the night before the the Halloween yeah because they all have uh, resp Halloween responsibilities like taking their <laughs> their sisters out for treats and stuff ah you know Halloween Eve the day most people actually celebrate Halloween uh looks across the street rushes across, goes to the party, gets uh, into an argument because he's not wearing a costume. He's not in the spirit of the season. Uh, Allison at first is like, no, no, it's okay that he doesn't have a costume here. And like tries to put like Mickey Mouse ears on him or shit. And he's like, I don't want to do this. Argues and then goes outside, sits in a hump, does some aggressive drumming on his lap to try to calm down. Because that is my new. You're really, uh, you're really owning it on this boots, fucking drumming thing. Boots. And then, uh, it's it's like he don't believe in Halloween, but Salem does. They believe in the spirit of Halloween. They believe in the power of Halloween, the joy it can bring, and also the destructive power that Halloween possesses. Oh my fucking god! So Max, uh, looks across the street. He looks at his house, and he looks up. Into Danny's window on the third floor, I guess the attic, and he looks in the window and he sees a demonic silhouette of a humanoid figure with this massive bulbous head with lengthy tendrils of fingers scraping across her window, and Max immediately realizes something's not fucking right. So he rushes across the street, gets into the attic, gets into Danny's room, he sees Danny asleep. And he looks at the window and he sees a, a, a human, maybe a, a human. Its skin was taut against its bones, thin as a rail, wearing an orange and black pinstripe suit with long and gnarled fingers that are sharpened to points. I guess the nails, not the fingers themselves. And then Max screams like, Foggy, get out of here! And then... I'm from California! California! 
It starts to rush towards the figure, and then it just kind of is like, whoa, and then falls out of the window and crashes below. Max uh, rushes towards the window, looks down, and he sees the figure kind of just like laying there, not moving. And then he turns around and he just sees a pile of candy at the foot of Danny's bed. And then, like, this really cute jack-o'-lantern that's vomiting out the candy. It's a cute little scene, and Max immediately is like, Oh, fuck, I just killed Dad. Oh, no, Dad was trying to surprise Danny. This is the third story. Dad's fucking dead. So now he's like, I gotta go fix this. Rushes outside, and he finds the pinstripe suit, flat against the ground, empty. At the head of the costume is just a silly little plastic jack-o'-lantern mask, and he looks up for, like, tracks where this apparently now nude invader could have ran off to, but there's nothing. There are no tracks, there's nothing around, and he sighs and just kind of sits in the grass, and then he looks over at Allison's party, and he oh, sees- Oh, god damn it, is this the Santa Claus? Now, don't get ahead of me now. <laughs> Looks over at Allison's party, and Jay and Ice show up. The only difference is they're actually cool guys in this story, and Jay and Allison are kind of an item, but not really. It's it's the teen comedy trope of like, oh no, he's gonna get the girl, because that's how girls work. They're not sentient human beings capable of making their own decisions. I gotta get over there. Gotta get her. (laughs) And uh, at that point, he looks behind him. And remember, he got kicked out because he didn't have a costume. Now he's got a costume. Puts on the suit, and it fits shockingly well. The pinstripes look slimming, making him look a little thinner. The rubber band on the mask ain't really cutting into his skin. It's a damn near perfect fit. And that's where I got done writing. But yes, it's the fucking Santa Claus. God fucking damn it. <laughs> but instead of it being Santa, it's the spirit of Halloween, you see. So I think like at the party, he goes to the party and like through while he's at there, like he starts getting real skinny. And, like, the pumpkin mask starts, like, stretching around his face. So it is, like, the transformation. But it's a little creepier because it is still a Halloween story, you see. Like, he reaches out for a red Solo cup, but his fingers get all gnarled and drop it on the ground. See, I don't I don't like that. Because what you're describing is the crossroads between the Santa Claus and um, that movie, uh, fucking Clown. Oh, God, I don't know Clown. What is this? Clown is a horror movie. God, I don't know if it was by Eli Roth or if he just fucking produced it or something. Where, like, a guy for, like, his son's birthday party or some shit. This is yet another movie that I was uh, exposed to against my will. It was playing at a tattoo shop when I was getting a tattoo done. Yeah. That he he put on a, a clown wig or something, and it was, like, evil or, like, cursed or something, and he can't take it off, and it starts turning him into an evil clown that eats children. I'm seeing images of this film, and this fucking sucks, dude. It's awful. It's really fucking awful, and I hated it. The only thing that was good about it is Peter Stormare is in it, and he, <laughs> he hunts the clown men. <laughs> 
The wig's not even that clowny. It kind of looks like Jesse Eisenberg's hair. That would have been a better flick if it turned you into a zombie Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> that would be so good. Uh, but yeah, it starts to like physically transform him into like a feral man-eating clown thing and you're just making me think of that well no because he's not evil you see the spirit of halloween is very kind he takes care of salem he delivers candy to all the good boys and girls of the world and nightmares to the ones who have been bad that's not how halloween works (laughs) hey this film didn't know how halloween worked either (laughs) so fuck you (laughs) and uh i think like Obviously, he's got to have, like, a little gremlin who shows up and is uh, basically the oddly inappropriate, inappropriately attractive elf from the Santa Claus. It's that, but this film's is just, like, a little goblin who's like, Hello, come with me. We've got to go give presents to children in India. And then they go get in the... I'll be honest, there was a lengthy amount of time where I contemplated just making this about Ghost Rider but I think I've already done that before. And he has to ride a motorcycle to deliver candy to all the good boys and girls. But no, what I want is... You the, really didn't want to write about the Sanderson sisters. I just really didn't. No, because I was like, they're already perfect. There's no... I don't have to try to fix what's perfect, but if I can have a horrifying Halloween mask get wrapped around Max's dumb face, and at that point, we could have him voiced by Jason Marsden, so we don't have to worry about them for the rest of the film. See, what you could do then, instead of whatever horrible little goblin thing you were suggesting, is Binks could be the little helper leading him around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Banks could be there doing that. Um, and then, of course, Danny takes the role of Tim the Toolman Taylor's daughter, except it's his sister. He's like, I'ma help you, brother! Let's go deliver candy! But the real plot comes into play with, you know, I, I wasn't just twiddling dicks in that opening monologue from the teacher. There is... <laughs> I know what wow, I said. Wow, that was, yeah. You, I know I, I what would I ho- said, I would shut hope up. you did. <laughs> uh, no, that opening monologue sets up the villain of the film, who is like this evil spirit that haunted Salem forever. It wants to kill uh, Max to get the spirit of Halloween from him so he could be the ultimate evil reigning over Halloween. This is verbatim the plot of the Teen Titans Go episode I watched, by the way, where someone kills the spirit of Halloween to take its place. However, in that version, it was Beetlejuice, and it's fucking killer. It's really great. Teen Titans Go is a great show. Anyways, yeah, that's my fan fiction. It's just... It's the Santa Claus mixed with an episode of Teen Titans Go set in the Hocus Pocus verse. I mean, I'd watch it. Like, right? I would, I would watch it. <laughs> you don't believe in the spirit of Halloween. <laughs> I'm gonna teach you. Oh, damn. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot. I realized I forgot the best part of mine. Shit. Samantha Fox, Billy Butcherson. Oh no! <laughs> no. Does she at least think it's a costume, or...? Yes. 
Uh, but then they realize that it's not, and then everyone goes, oh, and then she goes, don't knock it till you try it, girls. Well, <laughs> I, I have a bad, dumb joke. But after they were done, Billy felt something kind of tear, and he handed it to her and said, just keep the tip. <laughs> Dick falling apart joke. All right, we did it, and we've got one Halloween left. One spooky episode less. One dark, demented trek into the psyche of the most horrid, horrific sh- shit that Hollywood produces. <laughs> which is why and next... What, what, what Christmas story will you make out of that? Oh, and next week we're doing the darkest of them all for Halloween. Blue's Clues. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Did you forget what we were doing, Blue's Clues? I absolutely forgot we were doing Blue's Clues. Well, I just like the vibe that this is now going to test our metal. We got to try to make a horror movie out of Blue's Clues, you see. I absolutely forgot that was the thing we decided. That was to make scary Blue's Clues. All right. Yep. No, that's it. We're going to do that. (laughs) But until then, Megan, where can people find you on the internet? They can't, and they should stop looking. <laughs> that sprite in my mouth, you can't do that to me. They can't. Fuck you, I don't believe in the spirit of advertising. I don't believe in the internet, I'm from California. Um, <laughs> uh, they can find me at Ona Lit Class, which is a podcast about classic literature and, and dicks and stuff. Those two things. And nothing else. And that is everywhere, all the time. Never stopping, always. And uh, also at onolitclass.com. And you can get you can get more of me. You can get more of all this. All this and so much more. <laughs> I'm just so tired. At, uh, at Twitter, at Meg underscore Danger. Yeah. In theater school, they taught us to match the energy of our scene partner, so let me just... You can find me on Twitter. <laughs> podcast. Scotty Moe. Podcast. S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Check out The Many Adventures of Sammy Magic, which has been nominated for two separate Audioverse Awards. So also, go fucking vote for Sammy Magic in the Audioverse Awards at audioverseawards.net and find all the other BS network programming at aloadedpurebs.com. Thank you to my brother for being born (laughs) so that he could make music and that music could be on this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Do not look for his music. I'm gonna do it worse and worse each time. Don't look for his music. He's from California. (laughs) He doesn't believe in the spirit of Bandcamp. If you did go looking for it, I guess you could find it at soundcloud.com slash best hyphen day. You'd probably find it there. And um, remember to support us on patreon.com slash a load of BS. We're still looking for what our Patreon exclusive show should be. If you guys have ideas, you can send them to us on our personal Twitters or at Fun Fiction Show. We're thinking, like, 
reading bad fan fiction and how to make it better or just talking about money plane we may just our exclusive patreon series may just be money plane oh did you sneak a reference was there a reference i didn't catch maybe no don't make me go go back on this shit (laughs) or of course we've got a really dope fun fiction shirt at merch.aloadofpurebs.com with me and megan is little funko pop figures so you can get that at, I just now realized I'm wearing the old version of it that does have my old co-host. Just gonna hide that real quick. Hi. It's okay. I don't. I don't feel betrayed or anything. Or do I? Wait. I'm not angry at all. Oh really? I knew it. Yeah, merch.loadofpurebs.com shows over. I don't believe in ending this show. I don't believe in proper endings. I'm from California. <laughs> <laughs>